I'm Asan, and this is The Market on the 93-20 player. Declan Rice is joining Arsenal, Jude Bellingham has joined Real Madrid, and Man City go back to the drawing board in terms of their summer transfer plans. Joining me to chat about it all, I have got the BBC's finest, Mr. Jordan Elgott. Morning, mate. It's a lovely intro. Thank you very much. I'm, I think uh, a few journalists would have something to say about it, but uh, <laughs> if it's coming from you, it must be true. So uh, yeah, thanks, mate. I'm all good. How are you doing? I'm I'm all right actually. I I I find myself quite sanguine after after yesterday's um maelstrom of news and information and stories and I think I think I just there, there's always a point at which I kind of go from like a little bit of panic or a little bit of what's going on to actually it doesn't matter it'll all be fine like you know there's there's only so much you can stress about the transfer market interesting if it feels like we swapped places over the last week or so mm. i think i've gone the other way um initially i was just a, a little bit concerned um you know i think we're running out of targets which we'll, we'll get into but we've missed out on two big name very good central midfield options and it seems like the club don't have any other names at the moment. We're not linked with any. So, mm. um, and Jack, Jack's piece, which we'll get onto as well in in the mail, seems to suggest that we won't be signing a uh, a midfielder now unless we sell one. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time in the transfer market for us. Mm. Well, look, what I wanted to do actually. So I've not actually done this for a while. Is just look at the squad as it stands, look at the the different areas of the pitch and the options that we have, and then try and figure out how sort of how we feel about how weak it is, how strong it is. Um, so the way that I've kind of done it is just defenders, midfielders, wide forwards, and strikers. And in in defence, I've got Walker and Lewis for right back, Stones, Diaz, Akanji, Laporte for the centre backs, and Ake and Gomez for the left backs in midfield. I've got Rodri and Phillips, and then I've got KDB, Kovacic, Foden, and Maximo Peroni. Then for the wide forwards, I've got Bernardo Mares Grealish, and for the strikers, I've got Haaland and Alvarez. Firstly, do you have a problem with where any of those players have been placed? Nothing jumps out to me. I mean, obviously, with our players, they can play across a number of different positions. Like, But I'm not going to say, no, Stone should be in midfield, because I think he is primarily a defender. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that that sounds pretty pretty reasonable to me. Where did you put Foden? In with the midfielders, KDB, Kovacic, Foden, and and Peroni. Yeah, I think that's fair enough based on what we saw towards the end of last season. Mm, I think so too. So look, when you when you look when you look at it like that on paper, right? Where does it feel weak? How does it feel weak? And how does it feel strong? Um, it's nice to say that. We feel all right at left back, but mainly because we dissolved that position after about a decade of trying <laughs> to find one. Um, well, we've just said no, we, that position doesn't exist anymore. So that's good. Um, I think defensively, <clears throat> providing that Walker doesn't leave, there's enough there for sure. I, th- I feel pretty confident in the defence, especially if, I mean, it's likely that Laporte will go and they, they clearly want Vardial and are willing to, to get that over the line. I can't see that not getting done. So I'm fine with the defence. But I think moving further up the pitch, alarm bells set in. And they clearly wanted another central midfielder. 
after Gundo left. I think Gundo left, uh, Gundo leaving, sorry, was a bit of a domino or should have been a bit of a domino. And do you feel they were surprised? I think so. Yeah, I think. Is that acceptable? In some ways, no, but at the same time, I totally understand the club not pushing him during a season in which he ended up being the clutch player in a treble winning season. So, from a squad planning point of view, of course, it would have been better to know in March or February or even April oh. <laughs> or, or even anywhere that wasn't last week. Um, but, you know, I, he was clearly concerned about paying too much attention to his future when there was so much on the line on the pitch. And I wouldn't change a thing in that sense. So, yeah, take that, take from that what you want. But I, I do think we as fans were pretty surprised by it. I certainly was. I think there's been a lot of names linked with leaving the club this summer. And Gundo was sort of the the banker that would stay towards the end. You know, we were all saying, give him what he wants. And whether that's purely based on emotion, I think um, it would have made sense for... Sorry, my dog's just barking in the background. Sorry, right, don't worry. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think him leaving was something that, that has sort of set quite a few of our fans into panic. And also the fact that we've not been able to get Rice over the line and missing out on Bellingham. Um, even with Kovacic coming in, I think we were a body light regardless last season. So, um, yeah, I, I think Gundo leaving was something that I didn't really expect and has contributed to this feeling of overall concern, um, which permeates throughout the rest of the, the squad mm. planning. I mean... I do feel slightly differently. I, I I always felt as though the Kovacic signing was a little bit of a contingency in the sense that I think that they obviously, if you go into the final six months of a guy's contract and he's not really giving you an answer on whether he'll sign a new deal or not, you have to have a contingency in place for if he goes. And I think that Kovacic in many respects, was that contingency. I think part of why it was easy to do the Kovacic deal is the uh, kind of catastrophic failure of Calvin Phillips. I think that, you know, had Phillips been a roaring success, I would almost feel as though we wouldn't sign Kovacic because Phillips would be that player who can play as a number six, but can also be a bit more box-to-box, play a little bit further forward. But obviously that that signing's failed. And so then you're then you're looking at the Gondo situation and you know Bellingham will be really competitive and really expensive. And you know Declan Rice will be really competitive and really expensive. And obviously they had no assurances from either player that they were definitely going to come. So I think I think Kovacic ends up being a kind of a smart little contingency because right now Gundogan's left and Kovacic has come in and regardless of the ins and outs of whether you think that Gundo was a better player or he's a better number eight or whatever purely from a um a squad point of view you've lost a top quality experienced player but you've signed a top quality experienced player um so on the face of it I don't really have a problem with that um would you Am I, do you think I'm overrating Kovacic? No, I don't. I, I do like him. Um, 
I think what's panicking me is the fact that the club clearly wanted someone else in. So if the message from the club was, look, Kovacic is that guy who's going to replace Gundo, then maybe I'd feel slightly different about it. And I know that might just be purely based on optics, but um, the club have said or briefed that we will only go for Declan Rice if Gundo leaves, implying that Rice would have been that Gundo replacement. Now the message seems to be we won't go for anyone unless another midfielder leaves, which to me implies that they don't have that top quality target in mind, someone that they think is worth doing business for. Um, and I, I just think our squad feels light as a whole, whether we've, we've probably got enough depth in central midfield. If I look at the, the, the names that you've read out, you've got Rodri, you've got Phillips, Bernardo can play there if he stays, De Bruyne, Foden likely to play there, Kovacic, and then you've also got McAtee, um, who it seems like they're going to keep around the squad, who can play as an eight, particularly in the more advanced side. So there are bodies there. It's just, again, the optics of missing out for two top-quality central midfielders in the same calendar year that Enzo Fernandez and Alexis McAllister have left as well. And you're looking around thinking, who are the potential targets? And then you've got to factor in the potential of Bernardo Silva leaving and the fact that if you move Foden into a central position, we're pretty light on the wings. And again, I don't know who there is out there which is contributing to this concern that I've got. Um, So, yeah, I I think you can sense from my overall tone here that I think we're, we're pretty light and it's starting to become a concern. And as good as the players are that we've got in these positions football in football there's always the potential for injuries mm, i think <clears throat> i think one of the one of the big th- one of the big things that i i've always felt with city is that they're really smart and they like to be seen to be really smart and i think that that will always have its pluses and its minuses um i, I can see why bellingham and declan rice represent the sort of players that you that you don't buy regardless of your squad situation but that they represent two players where you sort of go well look whatever happens Gundo's 32 Kevin's 32 you, you know you from an age profile point of view you're gonna have to bring the age profile down so if players come on the market who you feel have the quality to come and play for you and play for five, six, seven, eight years, then it's prudent in moments to go and get those players. Even if you feel that you've got players in the squad who who already fulfill that role. I think that where I think where I'm a little bit surprised, and this will probably feed into the wider conversation that we're about to have about uh, Jack Gorn's piece in the mail. Where I'm a little bit surprised is that I feel this summer more than any other summer for quite a while that we seem a little bit not in control of everything. So that for me, the starting point is Jude Bellingham, right? So you very publicly pursue Jude Bellingham. And then he very publicly snobs you and goes to Real Madrid. 
um, with some kind of, you know, well-placed little jabs aimed at City as well. You then make a big deal about how confident you are that Gundo is now going to sign a new deal because whatever has happened has happened and, and you then begin to brief to the people around you that, you know, we, we feel very strongly that Gundo will sign up. He then finishes the season, disappears for 10 days and then tells you that he's not going to re-sign. So you've lost him immediately. On top of that, you have a situation where you've a little bit made made a rod for your own back by saying to players, we will never keep a player who doesn't want to be here. You just have to bring the valuation that we have of you. I think that whereas in years gone by, you can get away with that because you look around the market and you go, well, nobody's going to bring the valuation anyway. I think the Saudi thing changes that. I think Paris Saint-Germain came in with a big offer for Bernardo at the end of the the window last summer, and we rejected it because it came in too late. You have to then be cognizant of the fact that you're not in control of that situation because if those two players bring the offers, you've set the precedent. You've told them, it's fine, bring the money and we'll let you go. And suddenly you've gone from not being in control of one player's exit in Gundogan to not being in control of three players' exits in Gundo, Bernardo, and Mares. And I'm not even factoring Kyle Walker into this because of Kyle's age and the fact that he kind of dropped out of the team a little bit. But that's another situation where seemingly you're not in control. Um, but I think in particular with Bernardo and Mares, I think it's a problem. And I think the reason it's a problem is because I'm okay. If we shut the transfer window today, I'm fine. Because it's like, all right, Gundo's gone. Kovacic has come in. Bernardo and Mares stay. McAtee comes into the squad. Oscar Bob comes into the squad. Cole Palmer gets loaned out or he gets sold. Rico Lewis is a year older. You can, you can convince yourself and make the argument that Oh, and Gvardiol comes in, my apologies. Um, you add Gvardiol as well. You can then make the argument that, okay, everything is stable and you don't really see a big drop-off between the season that's gone and the upcoming season. But so much of that is built around Bernardo and Mara staying. And then, and this is the question that I've got for you, obviously Jack Gorn's piece yesterday is so well-sourced, right? And it says City are focused on their outgoings and will not buy until they know what's happening with those players. Does it not concern you at all that they don't know what's happening with those players and we are now pretty much at the end of June? Yeah, definitely. I think they've got to set a deadline of sorts because, as you say, a precedent's been set where if they bring the valuation that City are after, they can go. But what if Bernardo brings that valuation in 20th of August? Then what? Then you've missed out on pretty much anyone who's willing to go this summer um, who is available. Teams are doing business early. We usually do our business early. And it comes. It goes back to what I said earlier in that I don't know if the club know who the targets are. Like, How do you replace these players that could potentially go? It, it, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't feels... go that. Hang on, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I think you, I think we have to give them enough credit to go. Look, there's probably a scouting department with a hundred scouts all over the world working full time for City. They will. They at all times in every position have a list of three to five players potentially that can come in. So I don't think it's quite as 
flying blind as there's nobody. Sorry, I cut you off. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.